HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Eating Tools, unique handmade eating and cooking tools. For more information, visit eatingtools.com. This week's Meet and 3 is all about food branding and identity in 2020. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Everybody has some Goya product in their pantry. So obviously the biggest kind of loss from all of this is the students really working with a brand that they're very comfortable with, that they're very familiar with. I'll be honest, I was completely floored. I was very surprised that a company, especially in the current climate, would backtrack out of a commitment to address issues of racism. Tune in to Meet and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Feast Your Ears. I'm Harry Rosenblum, and I love to talk with people about what they do and how it influences their personal food stories. This is a show about people, life, and food. If you're just tuning in for the first time, all the previous episodes can be found in the archives at heritageradionetwork.org. I'm thankful for listeners like you, and I'd love it if you'd leave me a review wherever you find this podcast. For those of you with kids at home, I've been working on a new podcast here at Heritage Radio Network. Along with my co-host, Hannah Forden, the program manager at HRN, we've created Time for Lunch, a fun, food-focused show for kids. We're aiming to release a new episode every week, and we'd love it if you'd check it out wherever you get your podcasts. I'd also like to remind listeners that Heritage Radio is a nonprofit, and we need your help to stay on the air. If you enjoy this show and listen to the other great podcasts we produce every week, please find your way to heritageradionetwork.org donate to make your gift. Today's theme, penicillin. When I was growing up, it was called Jewish penicillin, that most comforting of soups that always made an appearance when you were under the weather. Chicken soup is known the world over for its accessibility, adaptability, and affordable deliciousness requiring little more than a chicken and some water. Just saying the words makes me think about getting a whole chicken, seeing what we have in the fridge, and making a comforting bowl for dinner. Nearly every culture in the world has a version, and in her new book, The Chicken Soup Manifesto, Jen Lewis lays out the whys and hows of making great chicken soup. Thanks, Jen, for talking with me today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So I want to start off by saying, uh, having seen you know a copy of the book, it's beautiful. I love it. Thank you. And it's rare for me to find a cookbook, because I look at lots of them, and think that I want to cook every single recipe. But this book oh, that's so nice. is that. I want to cook them all. So I'm going to have to start and 
get a whole chicken later and maybe I'll just start at the beginning and work my way through. Well, it's a good time of year for it. And, uh, it's a, it's a perfect uh, uh, COVID season for it as well, I think. Yeah, indeed. We could all use the penicillin, right? <laughs> right. Um, so tell me about how how did the chicken soup manifesto come about? I It feels to me, I mean, I know you from your previous books, um, Pasta by Hand and the Greens book, and it feels to me like this might be a project that has been a long time in the making. Is that true? You know, actually, no. It's huh. it's interesting. Um, I really love writing uh, single subject books, and so when I wrote um, the pa- pasta by hand was just like on accident. Like I was making pasta for the restaurant, and I came across all these recipes one by one that were like gnocchi but not gnocchi, and so I kind of started to kind of dork out on that. Hmm. And after that, I wanted to write a book um, about vegetables, but there's so many good vegetable books. I decided to do something single subject. And then um, the chicken soup manifesto kind of came about because I was actually on my way home from San Diego, from working in like a, um, a charity event in San Diego. And I was at the airport, I was coming home and I just got sick, like just like the worst fluish cold I was so uncomfortable and it was one of those like, how am I going to make it on a three hour flight home? And I was texting with my sister who um, lives locally and um, she's not a huge cook by any means. And I told her how sick I was and I came home and there was a pot of chicken soup on my porch and it was still warm. (laughs) And I came in and I was so miserable and I got in my house and I ate three bowls like immediately and it made me feel better, not better, better, but like it lifted a lot of what wasn't right. Mm. And I guess I kept thinking about that. And I kept thinking about chicken soup and this whole world of single subject chicken soup opened up. And it's so great to work with uh, so many different cultures and understand something like chicken soup from, you know, from a region in Africa or South America and see how they are influenced and it was it was it was a really really fun project. Yeah, I mean it the it it covers an incredible amount of ground, and I really you know I love that so many of the recipes or a number of the recipes come from friends and relatives. So right. you know if someone didn't grow up with a Jewish grandma like I did, they can right. have your mom's recipe for matzo ball soup. I know, and the the it's fun that the photo next to the matzo ball soup recipe, which is under America because or, or the US because um, that's how I learned it but it's my mom's recipe and it's her bowl that I inherited when she passed away so it's kind of a fun picture next oh, to the soup for me that, that's really nice and the, the photography in the book is great I have to say I was looking when I was looking paging through it the photography was beautiful and felt very familiar and then I got to the end and I realized that it was Ed Anderson who did the photographs and he did my book yeah. too so oh he did yeah. Ed Anderson and George Delise um, um, have been on all three books of mine and they're the best they're the best team we just we work beautifully together. It was it was a great project. Yeah, Ed Ed is really. I mean, I I can't say enough about how easy to work with he is. Yeah, um, and he's his, a pro. Yeah, and his photographs are beautiful, and he's also a really nice guy and a fun guy to have a drink with when you're done. So, yes, it's always true. Uh, so, tell me about the research. So, I mean, you have a lot of recipes that came from family and friends, but I assume you had to cast kind of a wide net to find these other recipes from other cultures. I did. And, and it was a good variety. Like it was, it was, a, it was like a, um, a scavenger hunt. 
Um, there were some that you, you know, I would just, I would spend a lot of time online and comb through chicken soup recipes and understand where they came from. And, you know, like how Brazil's is really, uh, similar to Portugal, the Portugal, uh, chicken soup, of course. Right. And, but it's a little bit different. Um, and it, it was just interesting to see how people move and the recipes move with them. Um, I, I was on a plane back from Israel, uh, several years ago, and I was sitting next to this woman and kind of halfway through the flight, she looked at me and she goes, hi, my name's Hanan. I'm a Christian Palestinian, the peaceful kind. And I looked at her and I go, hi, I'm Jen. I'm a Jewish American. And I go, the peaceful kind. And we had the nicest talk. And out of the blue, we were talking about food or whatever. And she starts, I didn't tell her about my book. And she told me about her mom's Palestinian chicken soup. Mm. And I, you know, memorized exactly what she told me kind of thing. And that soup is in the book. Um, and sometimes I'd, I'd put up on Facebook, hey, anybody grow up with a specific chicken soup that, you know, is, is specific to your culture? And uh, somebody I went to high school with uh, was from Sri Lanka, and he sent me his family's recipe. And it was one of the best recipes. And I made it in my instant pot. I had a friend coming over and we went for a walk and it was kind of raining and we came home and it was just finished. And it was one of the most delicious things ever. And my friend, before she left, she's like, can I have some leftovers? <laughs> um, and so it was just a really nice way of learning about culture and, and, you know, asking people for their experience. And um, it was, it's a great way to learn about people. And I, I really do think that we fall in love with culture through their food. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's absolutely true. I mean, if you look at how many people eat pasta and pizza, Right. I mean, and that's sort of a, an extension in, at least in, in America, I think as a, of a love affair with Italy. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Italy's Italy. I mean, it, that's Italy is one of my love affairs with food. That's one that I, I grew up where I didn't grow up with, but I, I learned about Italian food um, as a cook. And I think that I learned more about Italian uh, foundation than uh, French foundation, just because I think of the style of food I was interested in. But sure. yeah, we, we definitely fall in love with all those things. They're, they feel good. Well, and the Italians that I've met would tell you that their foundation is actually where the French got it. So, you know. Yes, yes, that's true. That's, that, is, that is true that they would say that. I'm not going to get into yeah. the argument, but yes. No, we don't, we don't have to cover that. Um, so, I mean, as, as a chef, um, you know, you've had a number of restaurants and catering company and things. Were there any techniques that you learned in the research and the testing for this book that were you weren't aware of before? Um, well, I just think, you know... There's a, there's a section in the beginning of the book uh, and it talks about how to use the chicken. Yep. And chicken soup is just really a flexible food. Like, like the things that I learned are, and, and really think about is it's, it's a very humble soup. Um, it's, it's very flexible. So you have a whole chicken, you put it in a pot with whatever you put it in, you make your stock and then you make your soup from that. And then you can serve the meat of the chicken separately, or you can shred it and put it in the soup. And so you can, you can stretch out this meal from this little chicken to, you know, several meals for a family. And, you know, it's not really method, but I also, I also really like to think about, well, you don't have a full, a whole chicken. Then, you know, I always have, you know, homemade chicken stock in my freezer and, you know, I'm doing a, a class tomorrow on, on Zoom and I'm going to make chicken soup. But for a lot of people, having stock and getting chicken parts is as easy. 
right. or, or, or easier. Yep. And it's not to say that it's not more delicious. It's not, um, you know, you have to use all the parts of the chicken. You know, I have some recipes that I learned that use the tenders in mm. the chicken soup. So um, just really thinking about how to utilize, whether you have a rotisserie chicken at home or you have some thighs that you want to use um, and, and a really lovely way. People often don't like a chicken breast, um, but it's often cooked um, where it, it loses all of its, its delicate nature. And you have to cook a chicken breast really, really slowly to get a lot of that delicate nature from it. So um, I just think that learning all the nuances to the parts of a chicken um, is really fun and interesting. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think that um, it there there is a lot of nuance there. You don't it is not just put a chicken in a pot and bring it to a boil, right? I mean, there's a. Uh, I remember years ago reading um, one of Jacques Pepin's books. I think it might have been, I think it's called The Apprentice. I think it was when when he his sort of early life as a cook. But in there, he talks about becoming friends with Danny Kay, the actor, mm-hmm. and learning how to make poached chicken from him. And that that Danny's recipe was basically you put a chicken in a pot of water, you bring it just to a simmer, and then you turn it off and you leave it alone. Right. And then you don't touch it for like an hour or 90 minutes. And when you come back, the chicken is like perfectly poached for chicken salad and you have, you know, you have some broth. That's really cool. I I do think that cooking chicken slowly and having a very gentle simmer like a very a lazy a lazy simmer is what I I typically call it Mm. is is really the best way to cook it and um you know some I'll I'll quarter a chicken often when I make when I make stock or soup or what if I'm making if I'm using a whole chicken for soup and I'll just take out the parts as they're done so that you know if you can cook a little bit longer if needed um rather than the whole so there's just lots of tricks to to cooking it there's there's no right or wrong it's it's chicken soup you know it's 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 that thing it's 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 so flexible and it's so fun. Um, you know, like looking at, at Asia, how there's so much rice chicken soups and looking at, um, Italy and, and, and around Italy, there's pasta and all the soups. And then if you go up further North potato, um, and even in, in the Scandinavian, um, countries, you see apple and leeks and it just, it's so cool how there's so many flavors and they're so, so different. Um, people always ask me my favorite and it's really hard. I, I love, uh, Turkey has amazing chicken soups, Korea. Um, and, it, and, and it was really fun too. I like geography a lot. Um, and I love to travel and it was a really fun way to, um, learn some geography because there's chicken soups in all these little places that, you know, hopefully I'll get to one day, but it's, it's fun to kind of look at everything you know, as, as, as I progress where it is and how it's been influenced. Right. And, and it's nice to hear in your voice that you're not sick of chicken soup. No way. <laughs> I, I think that I got tired of like, like a brothy meal every meal because I just, you know, I don't waste food. So I eat right. it. Um, I gave away a lot, which was, which was nice. I think people enjoyed that. Um, but, but it was just every, every little nook and cranny of our, our globe has these really fun stories. Um, yeah, there's this island in um, in the Philippines, and there's a soup, and it's got three different um, components that make it the Chinese port town, the Spanish um, uh, influence, and then uh, Filipino. The Filipino part is the fish sauce. Mm. The um, the Spanish is fried garlic, and then the Chinese added 
um, little dumplings. And so, you know, everywhere is like that. And, you know, it just, it's just really, really fun to kind of understand history and, and culture and, and how we all take part in, in cuisine. Absolutely. So the book comes out officially next week, uh, September yes. 1st. Yes, it's out in Australia, New Zealand now. Cool. And it comes out in the UK and North America uh, next week. Awesome. Um, so this, uh, I guess, book launch is going to be a little different than your previous book launches. What it's kind? True. What kind of? What kind of <laughs> events do you have planned, and and how exactly are they going to work? Because you can't really do a book tour the way you might have for your previous books. You know, um, it's it's going to be different, but I'm I'm actually really excited. Um, I think sometimes my, my first book, I, I, I went nuts and I kind of ran myself a little ragged, which was really fun. Um, but I think it was, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's tiring and it's interesting because I'm going to be able to, to reach out to a lot of people through this tour, um, and be a little more refreshed. So that's kind of cool. Mm. And, and, you know, stay in my own bed, which is awesome. Right. Yeah. Um, you're not going to be on the road and going through all of the like intensity of being away from home and, and going out with no. people every night after events and stuff. Yeah. Right. And, and I miss travel a little bit too. And it's sure. always fun to like cook with your friends in different restaurants and celebrate. Um, and I'll have plenty of celebration for sure. Um, but I'm, I'm going to do a couple, um, zoom kind of virtual author talks i'm i'm doing one um on the 31st with now serving la and uh jeremy fox is going to be my host chef jeremy fox and that's cool. going to be a really good time um and i'm going to do a live instagram demo on september 10th with finex uh which they make uh, cast iron yeah i'm um, here in portland so i'll be doing a demo and then um i have a virtual event with Justin Chapel, who I absolutely adore. And um, we're doing that with Powell's books. And then I've just got, you know, a bunch of different, um, different uh, smaller events and, and, um, and talks and some little articles. And I'm going to do some Jewish high holiday uh, Zoom classes um, with chicken soup. And it's all, I, I think, I think that one of the tricks right now is there's so much news going on uh, and it's so fast that a big boom isn't really what I want. I'd rather have it strung out a little bit longer um, as far as, you know, just doing some different events and, and being able to talk with different people in different ways. Um, but um got a lot going on in the world right now everybody yeah. needs some chicken soup for sure <laughs> yeah i think that's true i mean i you know uh my wife taylor for a, a long time has been on this uh this kick of making you know what she calls rbg soup roots beans and greens with the hope that by teaching right. people to make it they will make it somebody will eventually make it for ruth bitter ginsburg that's adorable i love that <laughs> That's great. So, I mean, I do think, you know, and I love, you know, I love that the, the genesis of this book had to do with someone gifting you some chicken soup. And I love the idea of that. I mean, I feel like chicken soup is something that is, you know, it, it's, it's in fact better to make more of. Right. Especially. And, and if you are a single person or only two people and or even with my family, I mean, my kids are not going to eat that much. But if I'm going to make chicken soup, I'm not going to make just enough for two of us. I'm going to make a lot. Right. And so the idea that you would then take some of that and give some to somebody else, I think, is really, really nice. 
It is. And I just think that the whole, you know, it's, it's funny because you, you never know, you know, when your book comes out, when you start it, you never know what, you know, what it's, what the environment of the world is going to be that at that time. Yeah. But I just think that chicken soup is just kind of that uh, iconic cure all penicillin, all of that. And my, my friend said, it's the, uh, she said chicken soup is the new um, sourdough um, mm. the other day. But I also just think right now is a really good time to shake it up a little bit and make a different chicken soup than you than you know. Start learning about you know a, a culture that you that you don't know much about. Um, you know our our country is asking for that right now. And whether you're Jewish or not Jewish or have an association with chicken soup in a different way, uh, this is a really really great time to um, to just learn about different cultures, what what they eat and why, and just enjoy part of that in your own home. Yeah, absolutely. Inspired by the finely crafted tools built at the hands of friends in and around custom knife making, and with a love of all things food, Abe Shaw began forging a collection of culinary tools unlike any other. Collecting and working with custom and handmade knives for over a decade, Abe has developed a deep respect and admiration for the artists, metalsmiths, woodworkers, and craftspeople behind the endless interpretations of these ancient tools that feed us, the most intimate tools in our lives. They needed a showcase, and Eating Tools was born. The curated collection of unique and extraordinary handmade culinary utensils you'll find here, along with a hand-picked selection of top-quality production-made pieces, represents a catalog of products never before assembled in one place. Many of these products can only be found at Eating Tools. Food, cooking, craftsmanship, and art are their ingredients. There's no substitute for having the right tool for the job, and Eating Tools promises to bring you just that. They think you'll agree that the food-loving visionaries behind each of their products has an eye for the tools we use every day. For more information, visit eatingtools.com. Tell me a little bit about, I mean, if, if you were to tell someone, I mean, you know, like I said, I'm going to try and cook through the whole book. I'm um, so excited because about I'm, that. <laughs> because I'm super interested in it. It, w- it will take a while. I don't, you know, I don't yes, think I need good. to be eating a you know, brothy meal every day. Um, but, I, you know, maybe one a week. We'll see. We'll see where we get with them. That sounds lovely. Um, but is there is there a recipe that you think is so interesting and unlike other soups for someone to start with. I mean, you know, obviously in the in the American side of things, I've had a lot of Central American, South American, a lot of North American matzo ball. That's all like in my wheelhouse. Um, I've spent some time in Asia, but not, you know, mostly in Japan, not Southeast Asia. Is there one that you think I should start with? That's so funny. I'm, I'm looking at the book right now and I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what to tell him. One of the things that I think is really cool, and, I'm all, and then I'll answer your question, yeah. is... Um, I think the South American soups are just dynamite because they have like squash and yam and plantain and corn. Right. And when they're finished cooking, they um, the broth is so sweet. Mm. And I just think that's really, really unique. Um, and timely given where we are in the harvest, at least in North America. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I think those are really, really cool. Um, 
I there's 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 two soups um, that are both called yakni, and those are really interesting because they're so similar. I mean, they're really the same soup. They're just constructed differently. Huh. And I have a friend whose uh, family's from Afghanistan, and so she taught me how to make the Af- Afghan one. And I really think like it's just a matter of you know where you're from, but because borders change so much, I think they're they're probably the same soup, just like you know from a ragu in Italy. It changes from house to house or region to region. Right. Um, But I'm going to tell you, I think one of my favorite soups, and I'm looking at it right now, is from um, Turkey. And basically, it is a chicken broth soup with chickpeas and uh, basmati rice. Mm. It's thickened with a little bit of flour and yogurt. So it has a little bit of that rich sourness. And then, um, and it also has some little vermicelli noodles. And then you make this like spicy um, butter that you melt over the top and it has mint over the top. It's outstanding. That sounds amazing. It is so good. There's, it's, it's, it's so likable. Like it's just, it's all these things. And, and the thing is it's nutritious and you watch, you watch these soups, you know, the addition of, of an egg. Um, it's just how do you put nutrition in? You know, how do you continue right. to make this a flavorful and a nutritious soup? Um, you know, it's it's they're they're very healthy. Absolutely, um, and you know, we since you know we are coming into fall and winter, which is definitely like what I think of as soup season. Um, mm-hmm. but, but we are, you know, it's still August. It's still warm. Um, what would be your favorite soup for like a hot day? Well. I always like Asian soups on hot days mm. and cold days, like whatever. Um, there's um, some really, really good, um, the Filipino soups I really like. Um, there's one called chicken tinola, which um, is like a really like thin broth with ginger and chicken, a little fish sauce, and it has a little bit of unripened green papaya and bok choy in it. Mm. And that's just a really clean simple soup it comes together really quickly and so if you wanted to um you know uh, you don't have to use the whole chicken you can use chicken parts um and you know broth that you've made but it's um it's just a really nice clean soup sounds delicious are there any recipes that didn't make it into the book there's one so we were short on pages um and um and uh, we actually ended up adding, you know, a, a good number of pages, which I was pretty excited about. Mm. Um, but there's one recipe um, that didn't make it, and um, it's being printed actually right now, and it's going to go to Omnivore Books in San Francisco as a little bonus recipe. So if you buy your book through uh, Omnivore Books, then um, you get that bonus recipe. Uh, one of my favorite bookstores in in all I the know, land. I know it's great. Celia's awesome. Yeah, Celia's great. Um, well, that's awesome. I'll have to I'll have to see if I can get my hands on a copy of the the extra I'm recipe. I'm sure I can make that happen. <laughs> uh, that's that's really that's amazing. I love I love that you're able to that you're getting it out there in the world, uh, even though it didn't make it into the printed version. Yeah, it's super fun, and and I'm trying to do some little some some really fun um, um, social media kind of stuff. I'm going to have, um, when people are buying books through my website 
and um, I sign them and send them out. And I'm sending them out with a little note from me that has um, a, uh, a series of dates when um, we're all going to be posting chicken soup so we can kind of do it together. And oh, um, so those fun. will be really fun. And I'm going to be doing a different date with um, colleagues. Uh, so I think that will be really, really a fun way to kind of celebrate around and, and get, get the fall going with some chicken soup. That sounds great. So I have to ask, I mean, so pretty much every couple of years you've had a book come out of, since 2015. Right. Are you working on another one now? You know, I'm not right now. I can't decide if I want to write another book. Mm. Um, I'm, I had this conversation with my boyfriend yesterday and he, he's just like, well, you know, we, we, he's like, what were the years that they came out? I said, 15, 17, and 20. He's like, well, you can go, you can, you can wait a year. And he's like, oh, <laughs> but you have waited a year. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, I have a couple ideas and it's really sweet. Sometimes I get, um, get like um, Instagram messages or something from people and asking me, um, hey, you know what you should write a book about? Um, so I have a few ideas, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then what about, you know, what about restaurants? catering that side of your life you know i'm not um i'm i was done when i was done and I, yeah. I always knew that when i was done i would totally know it sure and i was really ready for my life to um have weekends and have you know be able to spend more time with friends and family and and i'm incredibly grateful that i made that decision my life is pretty spectacular um I'm doing work with food in different ways now. Um, I, obviously, I cook a lot at home, and I'm still writing. Um, I joined a board of a, um, a food pantry here called uh, Lift Urban Portland or Lift mm. Up, and um, that's been pretty great. Uh, I they they're really amazing. They it's a food pantry, and they also have a mobile food pantry that sets up um, weekly. And then um, for people who aren't able to leave their homes uh, for different reasons, they deliver food boxes that are tailor-made for those individuals and um, bring them food. So um, it's pretty it's pretty great. And obviously, there's a huge need for it right now. Yeah, of course. So that's been uh, wonderful. And then I work with a, a local family shelter and um, uh, Portland Homeless Family Solutions. And so it's a family-based shelter. And I bring food to them. So, and is there a is there any? I mean, uh, with the folks who are in that kind of a situation, how you know how? I guess, what's their reaction? Like, how do they receive the food coming in? Do they have thoughts on what's being made? Are there things they request? Um. So, with the with the uh, the food pantry, it's like a food bank. Yeah. Um. They are always appreciative. Like yeah. if I sometimes I deliver boxes to um, two different apartments or uh, the pantry is, is focused on a specific um, couple neighborhoods where there's the highest density of low income housing. Mm. And everyone's always thankful and kind and appreciative. Yeah. Um, the boxes are made up specifically for them. So if they have a, you know, an allergy or gluten intolerance uh, or um, they don't eat pork or whatever, yep. They make sure that that's that that box is curated that's for them. Great. Or if they live in a home that doesn't have an oven, um, the box is curated for that as well, so wow. that they can make sure that they're meeting the needs of the cooking facilities that they have. Right. So that's really good. Um, at the shelter, 
Um, I always, I, I like to bring some kind of dessert because especially the kids really like sure. that. Before before COVID, I used to go and also work with, with the kids who live on the shelter, um, you know, every couple of weeks. And we'd I'd bring supplies to bake cookies and stuff like that. And they love that. Um, but a good variety. Like it's, it's a hard, it's a kind of a hard um, uh, taste grouping because you've got little kids, you've got adults, um, you know, every, every taste in between. So I just kind of try to keep it approachable and easy and yummy. You know, I think that when, when we're in stress, what we want is yummy. So yeah, for just sure. Kind of keep it easy for sure. So, yeah. And then, I mean, you know, I always find that cooking actually is a great stress reliever. And I think, you know, lots of people, at least from what I'm seeing online, you know, people are cooking, they're stuck at home, they're cooking more at home, but I hope that it is bringing people some stress relief to do that. I think it is. I think it is a lot. Um, my brother's family in San Francisco and when, uh, they bake all the time and they love it and both their kids were, one was home from college and one lives with them and they were going through so much flour. They ended up buying a 50 pound bag of flour and they went through it and, yeah. it, you know, it cracks me up, but I think people are. And I think that, you know, like my friend said, um, chicken soup's going to be the new sourdough. And I'm like, great. So I'm, uh, I'm down with that. Let's do it. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, uh, is there anything else that you have going on projects that you wanted to mention? Uh, your Instagram is at Jen Lewis with two N's, correct? Yes, J E N N L O U I S. And if you want a signed uh, book, they're available through my website, jenlewis.com. Um, and that's about it. I'm just going to enjoy the rest of summer. I have a little gardening to do. Um, it's, it's a perfectly warm day here in Portland with absolutely blue skies, and it's the best place on this planet in the summertime. So, um, getting ready to make some chicken soup after that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today on Feast Your Ears. Thanks for having me. It was really nice talking with you. Thanks for listening to Feast Your Ears today. Go follow at Jen Lewis, J-E-N-N-L-O-U-I-S, for more info on Jen and her work. And order your copy of the Chicken Soup Manifesto today. And if you order it from Omnivore Books in San Francisco, you get that extra recipe we were talking about. The book is bound to become a classic that you'll pass on for years to come. You can find Feast Your Ears as well as lots of other great shows at heritageradionetwork.org on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please reach out if you have any questions. You can reach me via email, harry at thebrooklynkitchen.com, and you can follow me on Instagram at thefoodballer. Talk to you next week. Feast Your Ears is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter, at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.